You're listening to the Fertility Docs Uncensored Podcast, featuring insight on all things fertility from some of the top-rated doctors around America. Whether you're struggling to conceive or just planning for your future family, we're here to guide you every step of the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fertility Docs Uncensored. I am Dr. Carrie Bedian from the Fertility Center of Las Vegas, joined by my two fantabulous colleagues, uh, Dr. Abby Evelyn from Nashville Fertility Center. Hey, everybody. And Dr. Susan Hudson from Texas Fertility Center. Hello. How are you ladies doing today? We're good. We're podcasting. Marvelous. A fun way to spend a day with you guys. So I was looking at the, um, I was reading the news and I saw that the Super Bowl as part of their, um, as part of like who they're bringing in, they're bringing in 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers. And number one, that's super cool. And that's awesome. two, it brings up the end is in sight. <laughs> what can we do once we're all vaccinated? And so the non-medical question of the day is once you and your families are totally vaccinated and you can feel reasonable about traveling without thinking you're causing death and destruction and the plague on everybody, where do you want to go this summer? Hmm. So we have a hope to hopefully go to Greece and visit our friends from Denmark. I have a very good friend um, who is from Denmark and we made friends when she was an exchange student back in high school. We've stayed in touch through the years. Our kids have gone and stayed with each other's families for a month at a time. And um, we've just really had this fantastic long distance friendship for, you know, almost 25 years. And so um, this summer that's, that's what we're hoping. We don't know, you know, what'll happen. You know, there, everybody's in the middle of this, you know, peak wave right now. So even though there's a light, it's still, you know, there's so much uncertainty. And I, I think all of us are like big time planners. So the idea of not being able to plan something until kind of the last minute is a little scary, but it's also kind of exhilarating of the like, you know, this is what we want to do, but it'll be okay if we don't do it this summer, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll eventually happen. But that's, that's kind of our wish list. I know I'm like you, Susan. I keep going, I should start booking tickets. I should start. And then I'm like, but no, I can't book tickets. And I don't know. And, you know, it's just this back and forth. And um, literally the night that our president came out and said that all flights from China, I think, were canceled in March, really when kind of the United States was just starting to realize that, oh my gosh, the tidal wave's about to come toward us. And we really realized that we were really going to be part of this pandemic. We were scheduled to go to Costa Rica with my um, my son, which was a graduation trip for him and two of his best friends and who were identical twins and their parents. And so we had this really lovely, or it looked like lovely kind of like two-story glass front condo that looked out over the ocean Aww. in Manuel Antonio. And, and we had been there once before and it is it was the best vacation ever. And I was, I mean, literally packing my suitcase and we all just collectively decided not a good idea. So we had those tickets and we have like, I think a year to, to use the condo. Um, and, but you know, you don't want to book anything cause you just don't know. But I do think as we were talking about before, 
you know, many of us and hopefully very soon, many of our patients will be able to get the vaccine. And I think it just, it makes you feel like all of a sudden you have this invisible shield and it just makes you really start to finally dream about the future and what life's going to be like afterwards. And so that's what I've, I've been thinking about. How about you, Carrie? So I don't have anything nearly as exotic as Greece or Costa Rica. (laughs) You know, my family goes to California for a week right before school starts every summer. And so I'm kind of thinking about that and thinking about like, hey, how great would it be to go down to the beach and not be in masks and not have to... When you think a sunglasses tan line is weird, well, add a sunglasses and mask tan line to that. (laughs) and thought about that (laughs) hottest thing um since i don't know whatever the last hottest thing was i'm a nerd so i don't know anything that's hot um but you know just just thinking about the ability to see my mom and be a bump on a log which is my definition of a good vacation so that's cool that's cool little r&r yeah it sounds a lot more exotic to think about um Greece and Costa Rica and those places. We went to Belize a couple of years ago for our anniversary and it'll be several more before we get back to something that exotic, I think. But You know, just every group though, like I have a, a college group, friend group that we've traveled together and I have some local friends and just every friend group, we're all talking about, well, we need to get together. We need to, when this is over, we need to go somewhere. And it's like, I've got all these things that I want to do, but I think probably I wouldn't have a job left if, <laughs> if I traveled to all the places where all of my friends and I want to go. But it's nice to dream anyway. <laughs> my mom is almost 72 and my aunt is 85 and they have a list of four trips that they plan on taking when they get vaccinated, um, including a trip to Jerusalem. And so um, they're, they're, they, have, they have big plans too. And I think it's, it's neat that people are being able to start looking towards the future again. Start to dream. Absolutely. All right. So do we have a question of the day today? So our question was going to be... I know it was related to our topic of retrievals and just so going into our main topic and it might be better to just combine both the question of of the day and our main topic since that's... uh, We'll just shove them both together. It's what are... What are potential reasons for your egg retrieval cycle to be canceled? Because... And we were all talking about this that... In, in counseling our patients, there's this fine line between walking walking the line of you're, you're going to have a retrieval, everything's going to be smooth, we're going to get embryos first time off versus there's the potential stuff that can happen that even when it does happen and you get a cycle canceled, it's not the end of the world. But we decided it'd be a good thing to just expand the whole episode into what are potential reasons your egg retrieval cycle could get canceled. So what do you think? So the biggest thing is to understand that, you know, when we're doing an egg retrieval cycle, we are, we are fortunately working with the human body. And, and unfortunately on that side, um, the human body does not always do what we tell it to. Okay. And I think that that can start off in kind of working our way through the cycle at the, at the very beginning. So at the very beginning of an egg retrieval cycle, we like your ovaries to have what we call a tight cohort, okay? And what that means is those little antral follicles, so the little follicles we can actually see on the ultrasound, we like them all to be about the same size. So if you're starting off your cycle and you have one follicle that we would still consider normal, say maybe nine or 10 millimeters, and every other little follicle on your ovary is two or three millimeters, 
that big follicle has the potential to kind of screw up our plans about a week and a half later, because generally the big follicle calls the shots. So this isn't necessarily a cancellation, but I think anything that causes a cancellation or a delay is kind of on the topic of of what we're talking about. And so sometimes we may want to wait until we have a tighter cohort, or sometimes we may just have a big cyst that's there. Or a cyst is essentially something that's, it's a follicle that's not supposed to be there at that point in time that's generally larger than two centimeters. And so either of those kind of at the forefront might be a reason why we might say, hey, we need to hold on a little bit, keep you on birth control pills or wait until the next cycle to have a more kind of opportune setting for us to have the best recruitment possible. And I think the other layer on this also is that unlike other areas of medicine, we sort of have to think about your financial well-being, or at least for most people we do, uh, meaning, you know, most people don't have insurance coverage for what we do. And so, you know, I tell patients, if we get three eggs or we get 25 eggs at the time of your egg retrieval, you're going to pay the same for your egg retrieval and majority of the costs are going to be pretty similar. And so kind of the idea is we don't want just one or two eggs. We want a bunch of eggs because the more eggs that we get, the more likely you are to have a really good embryo, a nice embryo at the end, and hopefully even more than one, which will save costs on the other end. And so I think some people, not everybody, but some people sort of make the jump that oh my gosh, if my doctor's calling and canceling my cycle right now, this means I'm never going to stimulate. I'm never going to get eggs. My whole, you know, I'm I'm not going to have a baby. And that's not at all what it means. It just means, like Susan said, we're just trying to optimize everything so that we can have the best outcome, the best cohort of eggs that are about the same maturity. If eggs are under mature or over mature, when we fertilize them, they just don't do as well. So I definitely think that's one of the key reasons why we cancel cycles. What about you, Carrie? So some reasons that we canceled cycles are unexpected medical events. And so that can be something like you get sick during the middle of your cycle. And if you have a fever, um, you know, imagine dropping eggs into a hot skillet. They sizzle. Well, you know, it's not quite the same thing with an egg retrieval. But that is a great visual, Carrie. I can just see that sizzle right now. Not good. Not good. Not good at all. I not only envision an egg on a pan sizzling, I imagine it like on a hot street sizzling is what pops into my (laughs) mind. So I just wanted to add that to where my brain went. (laughs) When you come from San Antonio or Las Vegas, I guess those are the things that you think about, right? (laughs) (laughs) There may or may not have been experiments in in high school of if you try and put uh, a cracked egg or raw cookie dough in your car on the dashboard on a hot day, what happens versus putting it outside just on the blacktop. (laughs) <laughs> um, that may or may not have happened. But um, going back to egg retrievals, you know, if you get sick right in the middle of it, it doesn't benefit you for us to go go forward. And so that's one reason that we'll cancel it. And, and similarly, sometimes the body's biology will make a decision for us and, and you'll ovulate prior to us wanting you to, even if we've got you on medications to stop that from happening. And you know, I tend to see that more with my patients who have decreased ovarian reserve, like ladies who are in mm-hmm. the 41 to 44 age range. But it, it can happen to anybody, even when you're on the best antagonist to prevent it. So, um, so a lot of times it really is looking out for your best interest financially, like Abby said, and how do we, how do we preserve the financial integrity of what you're going through to get the best results we can. But I think, too, the obvious reason, too, would be if we start to stimulate you... 
and we're maybe this is our second round and maybe we're doing everything we can to optimize your ability to stimulate. Sometimes no matter how badly we want to stimulate you and no, ba- no matter how badly you want to go through an egg retrieval, sometimes your ovaries just don't respond. They just don't have whatever it takes to, to take that hormone and grow. And so we never derive any pleasure. In fact, that's one of the hardest conversations to have is to tell somebody, we just don't think it's going to work very well for you. And some centers will have like a, a number. They'll say, maybe if we don't have see at least five eggs, we think we can retrieve then we feel like it's probably better just to cancel your cycle. Um, other centers would say, let's just give you the chance if you want to go through. But again, going back to cost, sometimes that can get really expensive. So absolutely, one thing to think about is what are the, the reasons people think, oh my gosh, you're going to have to cancel me, but we really don't need to. And, and the one that pops into my mind is taking a medication dose incorrectly. Because a lot of people will completely freak out about that. And, and the medications we give are not intuitive. It's not like you're popping a pill. But if you take, you know, say, double the amount of FSH that you're supposed to, um, you know, is that a reason to cancel a cycle? Probably not with the FSH. Now, if someone didn't take their antagonist for a couple of days and their follicles are getting bigger and you're worried about them ovulating... Um, that might be something, you know, worried about kind of the timing and getting ovulation to happen. You know, I, I, I more worry about medications, especially around holidays <laughs> and natural disasters that affect the coastlines. Oh, yeah. You know, forest fires, earthquakes and snowstorms have a are, are notorious for slowing down shipment of medications. And so even though a lot of times we won't have to cancel, like as a patient, be very proactive on making sure you have your medications in hand, especially if you hear about any of these (laughs) natural disasters happening and, and, you know, realize, you know, there are certain days that shipping happens and, you know, we, we, we usually work around them. I found, find that Monday holidays tend to be some of the hardest (laughs) to negotiate around. Even sometimes storms in the summertime, storms up east tend to be a big problem for a lot of our patients in Nashville. The medicine will be delayed and it'll go to the, or, or sometimes even it'll go not related to the storms up east, but sometimes it'll even go to the wrong address and they won't be able to get it. And that's, that can be a big problem too. So don't wait till the last minute, ideally to order your medicines, because, you know, if you miss medicine for a day or two, that, that can be real problematic. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things is, is like Carrie mentioned, you know, having a concurrent illness, you know, of course, right now we're all thinking about COVID-19 and, you know, there are, there are going to be situations that people unexpectedly get sick. Historically, I think the big one that we've always thought about is during flu season, Um, you know, and so, you know, it, especially when it came to flu, I'd always encourage my patients get the flu shot. It's not a hundred percent, but you know, hopefully it will help you get through the cycle um, and be protected. And we, we just do the, do the best you can, but realize that our main interest is your safety. Getting you pregnant is number two. <laughs> and um, because it doesn't do us any good if something, you know, untoward were, were to happen to any of our patients. And so your safety is always our main priority. So if, if you're having a medical problem, even if it's not an infectious one, if, you know, maybe you're having, a, you have a seizure disorder and it's not under control or you have 
bipolar disorder and it's not under control or, you know, any of these medical problems, if they're not under good control, that can adversely affect your cycle. Or if we find out something along those same lines when we're doing the prerequisite screening. So most of our centers, I think, do infectious disease testing and things like that. And it's really not unheard of to find somebody who has, you know, hepatitis, you know, antigens. And we're concerned that you have an active infection of hepatitis. And really, everything just kind of has to go on hold until we figure out, you know, are you actively infected? Are you sick? And, And even if it's your partner as well, we have to find those things out because, you know, if we make an embryo and it's stored in our lab, we don't. We want to know if that embryo has to be isolated, separate from other embryos, and that would be the case if one of the partners had some active infection with like hepatitis B or hepatitis C or something like that. Embryos can go into quarantine too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> really, they don't gain fifteen pounds while they're in quarantine, but embryos do have to go into quarantine occasionally. Well, and actually, along those same lines too, what are reasons that we would cancel a transfer? So the biggest one is if a lining's not developing as it should. I mean, we're watching really closely to make sure that the appearance of the endometrium is is doing what we want it to be doing. And what do we want it to be doing, Carrie? <laughs> Thickening up. And, and more than that, we want it to have a really specific appearance of trilaminar, where it's almost like there's three little stripes, three distinct zones within the endometrium. And then when we add the progesterone, we want it to go opaque so that we can see that um, the the constitution of the endometrium has changed in the way that it should. And so if those things aren't happening, then we don't want to go ahead and do the transfer because um, particularly if you've got a frozen embryo, there's no risk in waiting another month. I mean, you you might not be super pleased. And trust me, that's calling to trans- cancel a transfer is right up there with calling to cancel a retrieval of phone calls we don't like making. But... Um, I would much rather cancel a transfer because a lining doesn't look good. Or similarly, the hormone levels are too high or too low for where they should be. Exactly. So what Carrie's talking about are estrogen levels being at certain high. We want them to be nice and high. Um, And I think there's probably a little bit more variability on what different clinics want that to be. Some people have, you know, absolute numbers. Some people, you know, if the stripe looks great, the endometrium looks great, you know, and the numbers are a little bit lower, they may move forward. Um, Progesterone, I think is um, something that most of us would probably agree there. There is a level, whether it's one, 1.5, two, somewhere in that range, um, that we don't want to move forward because we know that the progesterone has started to affect the lining, which kind of set the clock. Progesterone exposure is is really measured in hours, not necessarily a level per se. But isn't progesterone good, Susan? Progesterone is good, but it also is the hormone that kind of opens and closes the opportunity for implantation in the uterus. So you're saying if the, if, if the door of opportunity opens sooner than what we expect, or if we don't really know when that door opened, that could be a problem, right? Correct, correct. So, you know, as most of our listeners know, um, reproductive endocrinologists are like, we're obsessed with timing. <laughs> and progesterone is is no exception. And so we literally measure progesterone exposure in hours and we know where the, where the usual sweet spot is. So if your progesterone level is already high before we artificially introduce progesterone, either by suppositories or injection, um, 
we don't know when that sweet spot is going to be for you. And so that's why I would say that's probably one of the most common reasons, at least in my clinic, that something would get canceled. And again, the people who this usually happens to, unfortunately, tends to be those ladies who are in their 40s. Um, the, the ovaries just tend to kind of do their own thing, unfortunately. And we have to work around that. Unfortunately, there's ways we can control that in a future cycle. So what, um, if, you, what if you forget to take your progesterone? At the time you're told to take it. That might end up in a cancellation of a cycle too. <laughs> that one's a big deal. Out of all the medications that we deal with, not starting progesterone at the right time uh, can result in uh, at the very least moving it and, and oftentimes canceling it. Yeah. And I, I actually had one patient who stopped their estrogen at the time of progesterone and that led to a cancellation of a cycle as well. Oh yeah, that's that's a big problem. That doesn't work either. And going back to egg retrievals, how would things change if somebody took their trigger shot, whether it's Lupron or Ovidril? What if they took their Lupron or Ovidril at the wrong time, their trigger shot at the wrong time? We got to know. And, and the reason we have to know is because we're going to change the time that we do the retrieval because that out of all of the things we do, many of the things that we do are timing dependent, but that is probably the single most important timed injection that you take during the entirety of your IVF cycle because we want to do the retrieval. For some clinics, it's 36 hours or 35 or 34 or 37 or 38 or whatever your clinic is and whatever your specific cases because sometimes we shift those hour marks to get to achieve a particular goal and improve your cycle. But that's something that where if you don't take it or you take it at the wrong time, we need to make adjustments for that. I've done retrievals at midnight before because somebody misread an AM and a PM. I was just going to say, you know, we'll always accommodate you, but I will tell you the staff will not be really happy if they have to come in at 5 AM for an egg retrieval or midnight. I'm sure, I'm sure your staff were not happy to be there at midnight. <laughs> Make sure you bring a plate of cookies or something really good if you have a midnight <laughs> midnight egg retrieval. <laughs> so, what are reasons? Have you all encountered any social reasons that you have canceled a transfer or a retrieval midstream? Yeah, I've had couples break up in the middle of, mm -hmm. um, especially transfer. I've had people who have separated or they are having relationship issues that, you know, this is not a great idea. So um, that that is definitely a social experience. I'm pretty sure that all of us, unfortunately, have, have, have experienced. Military deployment can be an issue too. <laughs> yeah, I have had to, I have had to cancel and move transfer cycles when um, somebody was doing it and their family did not know that they were going through IVF. And so she really wanted to make sure that she didn't get pregnant so that when someone did the backwards math, they thought, wait a minute, you got pregnant when he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, and we have, we have people all the time that like time transfers around, you know, the nice thing about embryo transfers, since most of us are doing frozen embryo transfers for, for the majority of our cycles, um, it does give us the flexibility to kind of help maneuver it around life. You know, if you have a wedding you want to go to, or you've got a vacation to plan. Um, you know, when it comes to egg retrieval, our hands are a little bit more tied. Um, and, and we're literally kind of at the mercy of your body. Um, but when it comes to embryo transfers nowadays, I mean, as long as you talk to your clinical team and say, Hey, listen, I need to really, you know, 
not be on medications or not be pregnant at this point in time or, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, we, we, there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to embryo transfers more so than there was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Any other reasons you guys can think of? You've canceled egg retrievals. I think we've hit most of the big ones. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't say this would be cycle cancellation per se. And now that we can do egg freezing really well, this has really saved us because kind of when I started out, every now and then you would have a woman that would go through an egg retrieval, we would retrieve eggs, and then the husband couldn't collect. And that's that was a disaster. Now the good news is we can say, well, we can freeze your eggs. It may be a tiny bit more expensive to freeze and thaw the eggs and then do fertilization later. But now at least we have the ability to freeze eggs really well. And that's not so much an issue anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a pretty, I know for our listeners, that sounds like, oh my goodness, is that going to happen to my partner? Like that from a professional experience, that is, that is pretty darn rare. And realize that if you do have a partner who has had problems collecting in the past, they can always collect beforehand and their sperm can be cryopreserved as a backup. And oftentimes, you know, the clinic's still going to ask him to collect the day of, but just knowing that frozen backup is there really takes the pressure off the guys. And I would say more than nine times out of 10, we get that fresh sample we're wanting. Mm-hmm. I think in the last five years, I've had maybe two inability to get sperm on the day that we wanted to and, and all the rest have been fine. Like it really and truly doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Well, to our audience, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for more and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review, please, in iTunes. Um, it's, it's very helpful for us and it's actually really helpful for people who are coming in listening, knowing that, you know, someone else is listening that we aren't total crackpots. Um, <laughs> we would love That's to- off script, Carrie. <laughs> totally off script. Uh, but you can depend on me to go off script. <laughs> so we would love to hear from you. You can also visit fertilitydocsuncensor.com to schedule an appointment with any of us or submit specific questions that you might have about infertility. All questions will be answered on the podcast anonymously for our Ask the Doc segment. So don't hold that. The more embarrassing, the better. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.